0: Welcome back to our show, everyone. This is your host, Yulia Denisyuk. Today, I'm sharing with you a very special story I wrote for Kananas Traveler this summer called In the Land of the World's Oldest Bread A Return to an Ancient Baking Culture. I first started doing this, sharing stories I've done for publications on the podcast this summer, when we did our summer reading series. And I've heard from several of you that you really enjoyed it. So that's why today we're traveling to Jordan and learning more about its bread making culture. It's a story that I'm sure will surprise you. It definitely surprised me when I was researching and preparing for the story. And if you like this format, if you enjoy it, then be sure to check out our summer reading series. We're going to link to it in the show notes as well. There is several other um, stories that I've shared with our podcast listeners in that series too. This episode and the entire season of the show is brought to you by Visit Jordan. Be sure to visit myjordanjourney.com to learn more about this beautiful place. Alright, now let's get started with today's episode. Stretching the freshly kneaded dough with his hands, Suleiman Daifala throws it on top of red-hot coals. Behind him, Wadi Feinan's jagged mountain tops disappear into the darkness. Daifallah is a local Bedouin working with Feinan Eco Lodge, a community-run project on the southern edge of Dana Biosphere Reserve, Jordan's largest nature reserve. Today, he is making a shepherd's bread called arbud as a pre-dinner snack for guests staying at the lodge. Made with just three ingredients, water, flour, salt, arbud is common in this mountainous part of Jordan, where herds of goats and sheep scale ravins and peaks. It doesn't need much fuss. 10 minutes spent baking in the ash on each side, and it's ready to be consumed, just like it was done 14,500 years ago. Situated in the fertile Crescent, the soil-rich swath of land alongside the Tigris, Euphrates, and Nile rivers where the onset of agriculture helped the world's first civilizations flourish, Jordan has a long tradition of living off the land. It is here, in the remote northeastern region of Harat al-Sham, known as the Black Desert for its striking basalt boulders, that archaeologists made an astonishing discovery a few years ago. In a stone-lined fireplace, much like the open fire pit used by Daifalla, they unearthed evidence of the world's oldest known bread, later found to be made from a type of wild wheat called einkorn. Before this find, most scientists believed that our hunter-gatherer ancestors settled around 10,000 years ago, at the dawn of the Neolithic age, to start cultivating crops and using wheat to make bread. But the discovery of the Black Desert breadcrumbs predates this moment by at least 4,000 years, signaling that perhaps humans were bakers first and settled farmers and cultivators second. Just like the corn found in the Black Desert, Jordan's native baladi, meaning local, wheat varieties tend to be harder than the common wheat used to make commercial breads. As a result, bread made with this wheat gets stale faster than the soft wheat varieties. Across the fertile crescent, this has shaped the tradition of turning days-old breads into a base for multiple dishes. Fatte, for example, is a regional breakfast staple for which torn bread is served over a generous helping of yogurt, tahini, and chickpeas to soften it up. Then there is fattoush, radishes, and cucumbers with toasted or fried bread chunks. In the small city of Maraba, south of the sprawling capital Amman, Ferial Kardashi runs a family restaurant, Hikayet City, from her grandparents' home. On the restaurant's shaded terrace, she serves, alongside other dishes like stuffed grape leaves and meze, a traditional Palestinian dish called musachan. Tinged with the bright red hue of the sumac spice, this fragrant meal of rice, chicken, pickled onions and nuts would not be possible without taboon, a flatbread that forms its base. Taboon is thicker than other breads, so it can hold the weight and the juice of Musahan well, explains Kardashian. For Hikayat City, she sources her taboon, a flour, water, and yeast staple for Jordan's Palestinian communities, from countryside bakeries where it is baked to perfection in tandoor like ovens. Even Mansaf, the king of Jordan's dishes that's recently been inscribed into UNESCO's intangible cultural heritage list, would not be the same without bread. Served at communal gatherings like weddings and birthdays, this famed Bedouin dish of rice, lamb, and fermented dried yogurt called jamid is usually prepared in large quantities. Eating it is a social and festive event. While guests gather around the table, Mansaf can get cold, says Chef Rayet Hasanad from Petra Kitchen, an organization that runs cooking classes near the ancient Nabataean city of Petra, a UNESCO World Heritage Site. So we cover it with shrak. Shrak is a Bedouin bread that works well with Mansaf because its wafer-thin texture does not overwhelm the dish. It also doubles up as a platter. While the bottom layers of shrok soak up Mansaf's juices, the pieces on the top can be used as a plate. It is customary to eat Mansaf with your hands, scooping up the meat, rice and jameed into a bowl in a skillful practice called the Hara, but it takes some practice. Although the tradition of bacon bread with baladi hard wheat flour stretches back millennia, most of the breads found in Jordanian cities today are made with refined flour imported from the United States. In the 1970s, Jordanian baladi wheat farmers were essentially pushed out by the cheaper U.S. flour that flooded our market, says Lama Khatib, co-founder of Al Barake Wheat, an urban farming collective based in Amman that's working on restoring Jordanians' connection to their land and to the native wheat. Before that time, we didn't know what white flour was, she adds. When Hatib and her co-founder Rabi Zureykat first started interviewing farmers who still had local wheat knowledge, she kept hearing the phrase, Al Barake is lost. While no one could give her a clear answer on what al-Baraqe was, the essence of it was explained by one of the farmers, Abu Tariq Nuaymat. During their first planting season, he instructed Katib to use 15 kilograms of wheat for planting and leave 2 kilograms for birds and ants. He said, if you share what you have with every living thing around you, you'll get al the prosperity of the harvest, she recalls. The al-Baraqe project started just before the pandemic as a micro-experiment planting various types of Baladi wheat like Hurani and Nab al-Jamal on a small plot of land in the village of as Today, it has expanded to include over 60 Amani families who rent plots in the city and work together to sow and reap the wheat. The harvesting is done by hand, using a sickle, because this is how relationships take place, adds Khatib. Al-Baraq is also building a new mill and starting to supply their hard wheat flour to bakeries, restaurants, and hotels around town. This is our history, muses Khatib. All Jordanians have ancestors who were great farmers, but we went through some kind of collective amnesia where we forgot this part of our story. Other organizations are following suit. Inside a leafy Al Waibde neighborhood, a stone throw away from its boisterous downtown, the non profit Jordan Heritage Organization offers an opportunity to engage with this process of reviving ancient wheat and other forgotten ingredients and foods. Its spacious outdoor restaurant serves recipes you'd be hard-pressed to find elsewhere on Jordan's touristic trails, like taboon that's made from the earthy local gatma wheat or bazina, a Nabatean version of fettuccine made with yeast-free sun-dried dough that's cooked in fermented yogurt. On the menu, you'll read stories about the women of the city of salt who would gather around a mountain of freshly ground wheat, singing and rolling the flour into Baspasoan, a pearl-sized handmade pasta. In addition to the restaurant, Jordan Heritage hosts Airbnb experiences and workshops, has produced documentaries on the country's heritage, and even operates a historical guesthouse, Madafa, in Salt. According to al-Barakis Khatib, the ingredients for bread, particularly wheat, are considered sacred in Jordan. For centuries, wheat was not only the main source of food and calories, but also the social fabric that held communities together. Harvesting wheat was communal work, and that communal spirit, albaraque, started with the planting and extended to every step of the chain, from leaving the extra grains to birds and ants, to baking breads crucial for the meals that nourished entire communities. The culture of albaraque sees the individual as part of the whole, rather than as separated from others. We learned that when you take away the main crop, the main source of food from people, you disintegrate the entire community, says Hatib. It's easy for us to say that we are preserving the wheat, she adds. It's actually the other way around. The wheat is preserving us. Thank you so much for listening to our show today. I hope you enjoyed getting to know more about bread making in Jordan. And if you want to dig in to some of the details that I shared in the story, uh, definitely check out the actual published version of the story that is live right now at the Condé Traveler website. We're going to link to the story in the show notes. And if you've been enjoying listening to our show this season, please take a moment to leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or share this episode on social media. Our lovely theme music this season, Abharad Shams, is provided by Rowan Roshni a Palestinian Balkan singer based in Jordan who experiments across genres. Our partner this season is Visit Jordan. My name is Yulia Denisu, and I will see you next week. Take care and safe travels.